A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. November 21st, 2020. Adoption, the Red Mittens of Canada, and governmental shenanigans. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a daily show. Or, mostly daily. Except for when it isn't. It is about things, most of which are, awesome. Despite being barely edited and sometimes offensive, it could be the second best podcast ever. Hello. And hello. And hello to you. And hello to you. It's Saturday. Saturday. Is that your favorite day? You know, I think... I think it is. Okay. I think I feel confident saying that. Saturday, although Monday is a close second. Really? You're I very very different than what most people, most cartoon strips of all history would insist upon. I know. I love a Monday. I love the freshness. I okay. love the possibility. You wake up, possibility is in the air. It is. It is. And stuck in the drain. Yeah. But I like Saturday. Saturday's laid back. Okay. Well, it is November 21st. Mm-hmm. The Saturday, as you mentioned. It is National Adoption Day. All right. Which is... Now, i got to skip ahead in my notes because I want to say this in a different order than how I wrote it. Oh. Um, it is the last Saturday before Thanksgiving. Yes. Which just so happens to be the 21st this year. Um, this is a collective effort to raise awareness of the more than 120,000 children waiting to be adopted from foster care homes in the United States. Okay. Um, Since inception of this holiday in the year 2000, so 20 years, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Courts are encouraged to be open on the last Saturday before Thanksgiving for this holiday to help finalize and celebrate adoptions from foster care. I'd never even heard of this before. I hadn't either. I thought it was actually pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, Now, in these days of the coronavirus, this year's celebration is challenged like everything else has been this year. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, So it'll be a little bit different, but there's smart ways for them to conduct it. There are 
perfectly fine ways for us to support it. Um, and if you do so desire to support the effort, uh, they have at nationaladoptionday.org is the website. They have some suggestions on how you might participate through social media. Oh, cool. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. I feel like we've been learning a lot lately on the old awesome today. Yeah. You're always learning a lot. That's your... I enjoy to learn. I enjoy to learn the languages of English. (laughs) Thank you for learning me. (laughs) Yes. The more I learn, the less well I speak. Toast to that. Yes. All right, well, let's offer another toast to our neighbors up to the north because today is National Red Mitten Day. Canadians, that is, who yeah. we normally... I didn't mean Kansas. Right, meant... not the Kansans. Yeah. The, the Cana- there may be some Canadians in Kansas, in which case they they had a rough start and a bad finish. <laughs> You're mean. Just kidding. Just kidding. Not about the Kansas part. Or I am, or I'm not. Anyway, um, we usually pick on the Canadians, uh-huh. pointing out their serial killers and whatnot. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that whole thing. Yeah. So, a little bit of love pushed their way. Yeah, it's, so it is. It's National Red Mitten Day. Now, this is celebrated by Canadians of all ages, from newborn to elders, mm-hmm. you write in the notes. They are all encouraged to wear their red mittens in support of Canadian athletes. Now, some retailers promise that a significant portion of purchase, the purchase price of those, of said red mittens, will go to help provide Canadian Olympians and next generation athletes with the stuffs that they need for training. Yeah, you got to have those sports ball gear. Sports ball gear. Coaches, facilities, all the stuff. So, yeah, that's that's actually... um, I think that's a pretty cool concept. Mm-hmm. We we instead are just like, here, athletes, go either take our tax dollars purely or get yourself an endorsement. Yeah, you and have be to gone do like private you. fundraising and stuff, for yeah. sure, to be an Olympian. I don't like, know. Like, do I you do one of those deals like in high school where you somebody comes in at an auction and buys your labor for a day? <laughs> Probably, yes. That seems right. That could get really... Real raunchy in these current days Real we sketch. live in. Mm-hmm. All right. right. Well, good job, Canada. Good. Sorry, Kansas. You still have done nothing except had like some gunfights and whatnot, which I I don't not appreciate. <laughs> Dodge City being what it was, all of that. Yes. There's also Oz. Remember Oz? Yeah. That's the Yellow Brick Road. Yeah, anyway. I know. I know. Remember that? Never mind. This is too long of a story for us. Okay. Um, all right. So here's. Let's go back in time to the Roaring Twenties. Should we? Should we first give a warning on the rest of this episode? <laughs> sure, you do. Okay. Look, I I didn't go into this like, hmm. What can I find that's screwy? What can I find that will make everybody feel less awesome. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it'll make everybody feel less awesome, but certainly it's it's stuff that isn't quite as celebratory as the two holidays for today. Mm-hmm. Um, I hit four things in a row yep. as I was looking through stuff that was just basically looking at the history of corruption. Mm-hmm. So if you want to end... You're listening now on a high note. You will not offend me. <laughs> or skip ahead to world. Or skip ahead to world. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Um, 
Yeah, so here we go, 1925. Well, yes, it is 1925. I think it bears mentioning that, you know, it's important to have a clear-eyed perspective on things. Mm-hmm. That could be an awesome thing, I suppose. But if we go back to the Roaring Twenties, to 1925, smack dab in the middle of the Roaring Twenties, a court ordered that 57,000 gallons of alcohol... 7,000 gallons. That's a lot. That's a lot of booze. Could, could a human drink that in their lifetime? I d- hope not. I'd Dear like Lord. to try, but I don't think you can. You'd need a couple of liver transplants to get you through, I think. Possibly. Maybe you could buy a liver and pour pour your alcohol through it and drink it. Does that work? I don't think that's how livers work. Come on, liver. Okay. So 57,000 gallons of alcohol to be returned to the company that was illegally selling it because prohibition, of course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So likewise, the judge ruled that because the sale was illegal, the company could not be taxed by the IRS, especially since it was being used as evidence in a pending case. Mm. So Mm. makes you question. The judge may have gotten a better share of the 57,000 gallons. Yeah, that's probably where it was sort of circumvented around back to the judge's uh, speakeasy that he had out back. Right, in his chambers. In his chambers. They called it, uh, what, what's something sexy for drinking with the judge? I don't know. Drinking with the judge is pretty sexy. It you went think right that's into sexy? his, yeah. We, I immediately thought of Judge Judy, so I went to Judge Judy's booty. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a different, Woo. probably wouldn't work. I don't know. That uh, went straight into providing as much alcohol as he needed for his wall fixture whiskey dispenser. Yes, his ice cold whiskey dispenser that was hidden behind a bookcase where you moved. Actually, oh my goodness, you slid the Holy Bible out of the shelf and it opened up into a whiskey bar. Yes. Who would have ever thought to look there? I like this whole, this is turning into like a whole ASMR concept. Oh, yeah? It is, yes. So it needs to be a smooth, gentle opening of the whiskey cabinet with lighting that comes on. Uh Uh-huh. And sparkles dance across the cut crystal things. I'm I'm in it. I want to live in this moment. Okay. Right now. Okay. Well, we are people that are advancing. Maybe I can make that happen. (laughs) Maybe so. Okay. Fast forwarding ahead a few decades. 1974. 70s. What a decade. What a time, man. 1974. Congress, the U.S. Congress, passes the Freedom of Information Act. They did it over President Ford's veto. Yes. I'll tell you what. And his advisors, I wish I'd typed this in. I often get in a hurry and, and wish that I'd included other details. Mm-hmm. His advisors at the time that were encouraging him to specifically to veto this were fixtures. I think they're both still in Congress. What the heck? Yeah. Well, one of them's not. One of them's not. years ago. Uh, one of them. Did almost 50. One of them only within the last 10 years has gotten out, but the other one, I, we still hear his name on the news oh, on occasion. Dad gummit. Yeah. Okay. Well, of course, if you've Corrupt ever... waters run deep. Yeah. If you've ever tried to get some information out of a U.S. system, you know that this Freedom of Information Act, it covers a whole bunch of things. And it's bullshit. Well, okay. Can I say what it does first? Well, you can say what they claim that it does. It allows for the full or partial disclosure of previously unreleased information and documents controlled by the U.S. government. This was all created, of course, on the heels of the Watergate scandal. It was feel-good legislation, but when you read through the details, 
it was like, I can't remember what, there's a certain number of years that have to go by before the documents are released. We, we have passed the anniversary of when information was supposed to be made available on the JFK assassination. And it hasn't been released. It, some, some was, not all, certainly, mm-hmm. and much of what was released was so heavily redacted, those of big course. heavy black magic marker lines yes. through everything, yes. that it, it was like, oh, so we have a big collection of article adjectives and punctuation, that's it. You know, that I very much don't doubt that at the federal level and like the big important documents, this is a little BSE, but at the more cellular level in your local courthouse, you can actually get freedom of, I mean, you can get a lot of documents. And I know this, I know this from hours upon hours of listening to true crime docu-series podcasts. So many people that are investigating will go to the courthouse where they're investigating and they can they have access to documents via the Freedom of Information Act. These are organizations that are are less concerned. It's it's not I don't feel like and maybe I'm completely making this up and that's okay too. But I feel like local politicians they're they're more of a flash in the pan. They're yeah. more of a roll of the dice to make their make their money and, and get out unscathed, whereas when somebody gets to the federal level, they're really trying to make a living out of this long term. Mm. And so they're they're more concerned about hiding the old dirt. Okay. I completely made all that up, but yeah. I think it's true. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. This next story might seem to support some of that. Uh-huh. This is a long one. If you have a seatbelt, you might want to wear it. Buckle up. Even if it's out in your car, just go buckle it and then come back in. Go sit in your car because you're going to... You may want to do that. You need a little privacy. But don't bring the keys because if it disturbs you, you don't want to have... You don't want to be able to turn the car on and drive it into a tree. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's not that disturbing. It's not that disturbing. But 1975, which was a magical year. It was the year, in fact, that I was born. Of your birth. A congressional report accuses U.S. officials of assassination plots against foreign leaders, suggesting that the CIA used exotic weapons ranging from exploding seashells to poison cigars. That's my favorite sentence in this whole entire... We could end there and stop the episode and it would be perfectly fine. I need more information on the exploding seashells. I am more interested in the poison cigars, personally. (laughs) Um, All of this with presidential approval. Now, as the original thing that I read went on to state, no proof was ever obtained to support these accusations. Uh. Um, Following the report, however, President Ford issued Executive Order 11905 banning the U.S. from authorizing assassinations on foreign leaders. If only all of it were that simple. Yeah. I love that we have to have an executive order that's like, no, no, yeah, no. listen, guys. Bad boys, bad girls, no more. No more killing. No, no more, more assassinating yeah. foreign leaders. I said it, and I order it. You cannot yes. do it anymore. Look here, American people. What a responsible president I am. Yeah. I've kept the congressional preschool in order. Mm-hmm. Well, so following World War II, so we're obviously walking back into the 40s, right? Yeah. Many nations in Eastern Europe and around the world fell under either communist influence or communist control. The end of the war did not signify the end of communism. Oh, no. Well, the war wasn't fought over communism. Correct. 
This threat of communism led to a policy of containment intended to prevent further communist encroachment into the free world. This is the Cold War. This is what we now call the Cold War. And it was called the Cold War then, too, yes. if I remember the 80s correctly. Uh, I believe that's correct. Um, among other things, this called for treaties, arrangements, all ultimately to get military bases throughout the world. Sure. Excuse me, I belched like an ape. Everybody drink. You're going to need it. not just us doing this. All of the major world powers were working to establish bases everywhere. Yes, That's why if you go through the Caribbean, you'll notice, hmm, there's bases everywhere hmm. down here. Okay. Um, same with a lot of the turmoil that has gone on in Africa, that has gone on in hmm. South America. It's all about being able to strike somewhere fast. If if I may even suggest it was an adoption of Germany's uh, Hitler's Germany of the Blitzkrieg, the Lightning War. It was recognized. That's very effective. And so they wanted to be able to strike fast everywhere. Okay. Um, so, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The... Uh, this... this uh, it called for a full range of covert activities in the, quote back alleys of the world. So this is all the less developed countries where we're stepping in, we being everybody, every one of the world powers is stepping in with some type of enticement. Yeah. See, we'll do this if you'll let us put a base here. That's just like aggressively American to call those countries the back alleys of the world. Indeed, indeed. (laughs) Well, fears certainly spiked when Fidel Castro emerged as Cuba's leader in the late 50s. We've talked about this fairly recently. Um, It was seen as the first significant penetration of communism all the way into the Western Hemisphere. Um, But as well, you know, the Dominican Republic, Congo, Indochina, Chile, these are all places that were fragile, that were in need of help, that were also strategically important from this ability to strike perspective. Now, according to the congressional report, the committee recognized all of these things as explanation for the assassinations, but certainly not, in their words at least, justification Mm. for them. They supported that it was in the interest of the United States to take action towards resisting communist domination while condemning what they referred to as abuses, which is a pretty soft word for assassination. Assassination, assassination plots against foreign political leaders. Mm-hmm. Now, this included instances where foreign political leaders, in fact, were killed by exploding seashells. By seashells, not really. And the U.S. was involved in some manner of activity leading up to the killing, basically encouraging the assassination, if not directly being involved. So further. Then they identified U.S. involvement in coups directed against foreign governments. It really started to unfold all of the things that had been going on. Yeah. And this report wasn't the first effort to try to figure out, hey, what's going on? The Rockefeller Commission had initiated an inquiry that, in their words, quote, for a variety of reasons, end quote, they were unable to complete this committee 
got access to that material, that they went on to do their own work as well. It was the Select Committee to Study Governmental Operations with Respect to Intelligence Activities. That's the name of the committee? That is the name of the committee. Oh, come on, yes. you guys. They believed, quote, the truth about the assassination allegations should be told because democracy depends upon a well-informed electorate. Okay. We reject any contention, they went on to say, that the facts disclosed in this report should be kept secret because they are embarrassing to the United States. Despite the temporary injury to our national reputation, the committee believes that foreign peoples will, upon sober reflection, respect the United States more for keeping faith with its democratic ideal than they will condemn us for the misconduct revealed. Well, that's a very beautifully it idealistic way to look at noble, it. noble, the way that they stated that. Yes. You're like, yeah, we weren't always screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the committee compiled, this is mind-boggling to me, over 8,000 pages of sworn testimony taken from over 75 witnesses during 60 hearing days and numerous staff interviews. They had the goods. Yeah, they did. A bunch of it. They had accumulated raw files from agencies and departments from the White House and the presidential libraries of the administrations of former presidents Eisenhower, Kennedy, and Johnson. Mm -hmm. They were right there in the mix of it all. Yep. Now, the committee offered that they themselves were not a court. Mm -hmm. They're trying to smooth the transition in. We're not a court. That they gathered the information not for determining guilt or innocence, but simply in order to make recommendations for future engagement okay future endeavors mm -hmm, mm -hmm. basically but don't kill people no judgment let's just stop killing people okay hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Well, conveniently or inconveniently, Many of the events that were being examined in 1975 were at that point in time already 15 plus years old. And with only one exception occurred during the administrations of mm -hmm. presidents that were already dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's safe now, right? One of them was dead because of the CIA. Yeah, that's what we hear. Mm -hmm. um, now, likewise, other high officials who could have shed light on things, well, they were also dead. Yeah. Of course, for those still alive, the passage of time had, quote, dimmed their memories, mm -hmm. end quote. 
Well, in 1967, not that long before, the CIA had done its own internal study of Castro, Trujillo, and Deem assassinations. And, quote, Unfortunately, the working papers relating to that investigation were destroyed upon the completion of the report because of their sensitivity. Yeah. Well, no kidding, Sherlock. Yep. <laughs> Come on. Um, some ambiguities in the evidence result from the practice of concealing CIA covert operations from the rest of the world and performing them in such a way that if discovered, the role of the U.S. could be plausibly denied. Well, that's, you can't look at the way something was criminally organized and then say, well, it's okay because this is how it's organized. Right. That's garbage. Some ambiguities in the evidence. Mm-hmm. Result from the practice of concealing CIA covert operations. If, if I may, I refer you back to the Wind of Change podcast. Right. That dances around with this idea. Which also dances around with the Freedom of Information Act and okay. how that actually works yeah. or doesn't. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. So I read the report. It can be found at intelligence.senate.gov. And Cuba, Congo, Dominican Republic, Chile, South Vietnam... We were absolutely involved, directly, indirectly, sometimes both. And if you want to say that differently, some things we initiated, mm -hmm. some things we encouraged or incited, some were actively supported by us, including the provision of arms, and some were directly participated in by us, though we're forced to attach the word allegedly. You read the report, there's no freaking question. Right. There's no question. It's like you could, yeah, Nico could figure this out. He's not yet too. He's not yet too, but he is pretty He's smart. pretty smart. He knows a good government conspiracy when he sees one. Yes. The nature of how covert operations work, as we just discussed, is through a system of deniability, leaving behind a trail that is purposefully conflicting and inconclusive. It's exactly how this investigation ended with, mm. oh, well, it looks like we can't prove anything, but we did our job. Yeah. The report's interesting, though. You might consider giving it a read. We can neither confirm nor deny. Yes. Yes. Wow. It's that a lot. was a deep dive. It was a lot. There was a lot I left out. I feel, in a way proud of. I feel like my bizarre fascination with mid-century American, especially CIA misbehavior, yeah. I feel like I'm influencing you in some way. Am I an influencer? Am I a, Maybe. Am I a Maybe. government conspiracy influencer now? Maybe I'll say anything to get a little closer to you. Oh, thank you. That's, I mean, I'll get in here closer to you that you don't even have to care about the I know, CIA. I know. We've got five kids. In the, yes, in the <laughs> middle of the 20th century. Hey, speaking of the 20th century, here's yeah. even more stuff. Just 11 short years later. Yep. 1986, uh, National Security Council staff member Oliver North, some in the media called him Ollie North, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and his secretary Fawn Hall. That's a great name. It feels like she should have been in a different industry I by think name she alone. might have at one point. Uh, they began shredding documents that would have exposed their participation in a range of illegal activities over the sale of arms to Iran and the diversion of the proceeds to a rebel Nicaraguan 
group. Yes, recall Noriega. And yes. Nicaragua and stuff. So in 86, I was nine years old. You were a few <laughs> years older than that. I was 27. Okay. And I do remember the Iran-Contra hearings being televised. I remember yeah. my parents... We were, it feels like this must have been in the summer because I believe yes. that at least for part of it, we were at my aunt and uncle's house. I remember there being not like debates, but heated conversations mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. amongst the adults in the house around what was happening and those types of things. But I don't, I mean, as a kid, you just sort of like vaguely have a concept of, of something big happening. Right. Well, and because you went to go watch cartoons. Yes. And all was on was the freaking trial. It was a freaking Iran-Contra hearing. So, yes. Uh, I do remember that as sort of a blip on the radar of my childhood. But I have to say I don't know a ton of the details about it. I don't either. And at this point, I'm, I just don't need more details of that in this moment. Oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll read and tell about it. Okay. I'll tell you about it later. Okay. Very well. Well, with all that positivity, maybe we should shift into whirl. Let's whirl. All right. Let's watch. Let's read. Let's listen. Let's lifestyle. Well, most readily, if you want anything related to this episode to watch, there has, there has to be like 20 different things out there on Oliver North and really? the Iran-Contra scandal. Okay. Um, 1989, there's a movie called Guts and Glory, The Rise and Fall of Oliver North. I believe it's 2017 that Amazon did an exclusive series called Iran-Contra that had Colin Farrell portraying Ooh, Oliver North. I can see that. I see the resemblance there. But truly, now, one search on the old Google machine, you're going to find more stuff than you ever wanted. Just... <laughs> Pick one and watch it. Okay. Maybe I will. If you're a big uh, big fan of Colin Farrell, then there you go. You got it right there. He was like, he was Harry Styles before Harry Styles is Harry Styles, right? I, I think that's right. Isn't that how that worked? Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll check that with Rebecca. She's our fact checker on that. Yes. Uh, if you're going to read something, I mean, read it for yourself. Go over to intelligence.senate.gov. And uh, Google Congressional Report Assassination Plots. That's probably the easier one, Congressional Report Assassination Plots. You Google that, and I think like the first, maybe even whole page will shoot you over to intelligence.senate.gov or to CIA, something rather. You're going to have all the information you can handle. While you're Googling, Google exploding seashells. See what Mm. happens. Or was it poison cigars? Poison cigars. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm really interested in. I feel like I need a, a poison cigar somewhere just in case. Just, it's very James Bond. It's, I was going to say. I feel like it's straight out of a James Bond movie. Which maybe then, in fact, we're taking the fall for another country that speaks English, and it was their uh, uh, 007 operative at the time that that did most of this. We're maybe we are innocent. We're looking at you, England. England. Okay. Um, felt weird to say it that way, like it's a gland. Gland is a gross word. <laughs> really super as a gross word. I hate it. I wish you wouldn't have said that. Yes. Okay. Listening. Listening is listener's choice. Listen to more episodes of this. I've noticed on the downloads that it ebbs and flows pretty wildly. So catch up on your awesome today. <laughs> Maybe because you never know what you're going to get. That's true. Pop culture discussion or government takedown. But if you haven't learned by this point, the title tells you only in great obscurity what the episode may be about. If you're basing your listening choices on that, 
than just like our YouTube audience that somehow got tricked by the wedgie episode. Yeah. Um, because that was, I think that may now be over a thousand views. I yes. don't know. Living for a that. A lot of really disappointed so, wedgie connoisseurs out there. So many bummed out wedgie fetishists. Yes. Cursing us. I can never stop laughing about the fact that not only is it super not about wedgies, it's also a whole bunch of Catholic Jesus yep. stuff at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy how that worked out. And I'll even add in fairly recently, um, it's been within the last few days, somebody, they, they commented on a different video. It's a complete stranger. Yeah. Uh, they commented on a different video. They pointed back to that one and they, they had some very ugly things to say about me. I hid that person from the comments from now on because it hurt my feels yeah, but uh feels. It, it made some some impact i can i truly believe they were ticked off about that video and so they tried to sabotage the future well good luck to you sir yeah. because the, yeah. we're going nowhere you cannot unsettle our seven regular listeners they're going nowhere going nowhere. viewers rather viewers yes yeah. well of the lifestyle variety i have a little something mm -hmm. so I've been struggling with, oh no, kicking the table and making Shaking a the camera. big mess out of things. For it's the, Oklahoma's Sharknado yes. and uh, Earthquake. Yes. Yeah. I've been struggling a bit with the physical manifestations of anxiety. This has been going on since the ice storm. Had some heart racing issues. Determined it's primarily caused by sugar, mm -hmm. and that can be in any form, whether it's like a piece of pie or a bagel or whatever. Or heroin. Cut or with sugar. heroin? Question mark. <laughs> okay. I just thought I'd try. Um, but the other culprit, as I've begun to really listen to my body and try to figure out why can't I not get over this physical part of anxiety, because mentally, emotionally, I feel fine. Mm -hmm. It's still happening. I've determined that it's because I drink a lot of coffee during the day. And okay. it is of the... So it's a caffeine. Yeah. It's of the super caffeinated variety. So I thought, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dial back on the caffeine from the coffee. Okay. I'm going to start drinking a little tea. Did you just belch like an ape? No, that never happened. I've okay. never burped a day in my life. I must have ventriloquized yes. over there. Yes. So I've gotten back into some tea. I've filled up our tea shelf. You don't like that we have a tea shelf I because don't. you don't like tea. But I forgot two teas that I love so much. I can't believe I forgot about them. They're both from Harney and Sons uh, Tea Company, I okay. guess you could say. Okay. Where's One, that from? Um, probably England. Okay, England. Good job, you gland people. One of them is called Hot Cinnamon Sunset. It's a delightful cinnamony black tea. If you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. The other is Paris, and it is also a black tea. So these teas do have a little caffeine to them, as mm -hmm. much, you know, as tea, black tea has. So you get a little bit of a caffeine boost without that jolt that the gotcha. espresso ground coffee that we regularly drink gives you. The jolt that your foot keeps giving the table that the camera is rested upon? Sorry about that, everyone. I apologize. The Paris tea is black and it is a very citrusy, light, deliciousness. I love both of those teas so much. I have been sipping them throughout the day with very low anxiety producing effect and it's making me so happy. So there's that. Interesting, interesting. You put in the notes tea of mag for this. Yes, your mag. 
Okay. Maggie. I'm going to open my own tea shop and I'm going to call it Tea of Mag. It's kind of a play on tea bagging. <laughs> Gosh. All right, skip ahead. <laughs> I wasn't even done creating content. You ruined it. All right. Well, I have, at your encouragement, Yes. I have a story that I would not have otherwise shared. I'm delighted by this story. And okay. I, I think it, it balances out the more kind of like bummer vibe. It does. It does. It brings it up a notch. Yes. So if you're just now joining us, you timed it out perfectly. Yes. Um, I have a friend. Mm -hmm. I know that surprises a lot of people, but I have a friend, just the one. Um, he is... He's a very dear friend, but not like the kind of dear friend you've known him forever. You talk all the time. It's more like you you recognize the other and their similarities to you. Each of you recognize that there's a deep respect there. You talk some. Um, I might even call it a kindred spirit. That's a fair. That's a fair statement. Yes. And gosh, I mean we. Like I said, we talk on occasion, but very rarely, very rarely do we ever just sit down mano y mano mm. and try to solve life's problems. Mm -hmm. And it was time. It had been a while. It was time. We ended up coming back to the house here this morning. We'd had one other uh, thing where we'd crossed paths this morning and decided to come back here to our house and drink coffee and visit. And he's an author. And he's a fantastic author. He really is. Um, he writes in the Western genre, a, a lot of these stuff. Some, excuse me, belts like an ape again. He writes some other things that aren't as purely Western. But doesn't he also have sort of like a law enforcement? He has a military and law enforcement military. background himself. Yes. And so naturally you would pull from okay. things sure. you've experienced. He also grew up in a similar size, small town rural experience as myself and, and pulls on all of that. Um, well, he was commenting about some discouragement that just the, the fan acceleration of fan base wasn't what he would have hoped, what he anticipated and that made him question yeah. his ability. And he's published more than like one oh, yeah. or two books. Yeah. He's published a lot and yeah. he's won awards and all of that. Yes. And, and even he, he said, uh, I didn't know about this until today. He said even at times in the past, he'd inked um, a million dollar plus book deal and then just everything fell apart. It's like every time something looks like it's really gonna accelerate his career that things go awry. Yes. And it deeply, deeply troubles him, especially in terms of his faith Yes, and some of that. And we had this big long conversation about a lot of the things that you and I have been discussing here on the show recently yeah. about understanding desire, mm -hmm. um, which is both something that you want to try to pursue as well as avoiding the things that you don't desire. Right. And talked about emotions and how that's a good system for determining whether or not you are in sync with what it is that you really want. Right. Um, what else? Gratitude. Just really hit the full gamut of things. And he, he left here feeling encouraged. <clears throat> and then within an hour, is it that quick? It was shortly thereafter. Yeah. He sent a text that said, hey, I don't, I don't very often get feedback from readers. And I don't sell a book every day and blah, blah, blah. But literally from the time he left my house in an hour's time frame, he'd gotten two messages 
One was to say, I love your books. Where's the next one, bro? Come on, mm -hmm. get them out there. Yeah. And the second one, um, what was the second one? Just saying how fantastic. Yeah, well, someone had come out to their property. Yes, somebody the, that was the you know, they yeah, yeah. out there. So it was, it was, it was almost like a divine affirmation to him of this new, this new thing that Kyle's mentioned. These ideas that he's mentioned that they're they're meaningful, they're good, and. Dear author, sir, don't lose heart. You pursue yes. what you love. Go after this desire that's been placed in you and pursue it, and everything will sort itself out. My view on this moment is that in his conversation with you, because I overheard bits and pieces of it, I wasn't intentionally eavesdropping, okay. but I am I a little... I keep no secrets from you. I'm a little bit of an eavesdropper. And what I heard in your conversation with him was you giving him permission to embrace that mm -hmm. desire to be more prolific of an author to really develop the writing part of his life because he does run a business that yeah. he's sort of doesn't have the greatest energy around the business but that he thinks is what's paying the bills and so he's been doing that uh, anyway I feel like there was an energy disequilibrium yes. and that you gave him permission to embrace that desire to even believe it is holy and sacred and from God that God gave him this desire to write. He doesn't write Christian books by any stretch of the imagination. They're very realistic. You might be surprised. I mean, you might be surprised the redemptive themes. Right, sure, of course. Them. That's yeah. what I mean. But it's not like he writes for like Zondervan or something. Right. Like no, that. in fact one of his one of his um banes of, of writing has been that he he writes as any good author would an authentic character. Yeah. And if the character would use a curse word instead of saying shucks, yeah. then it, he does. Exactly. And because of that, even though there's a redemptive story here that the the Christian book publishers are like, oh, we can't do that. Exactly. But because there's a too obvious of a redemptive story there, then secular sources are like, well, this is too churchy. Exactly. And so what I'm saying is that I think that in helping him to be aware of and see that even though he doesn't write Christian books or whatever, that God has given him this desire to write and that when he is writing, he is like collaborating with God in creation. Yes. And once he was able to leave here and I'm sure kind of ponder and think about that, mull it over, maybe pray about it, think about it, that in that moment, I feel like God sent along this encouragement to be like, you know what? Yeah. Yes. It's what he said. Yeah. So I thought that was a fantastic story. It was pretty I cool. love hearing stories like that. It was genuinely within an hour or two after he left here that you yeah. got that. And it was a great encouragement to me that this material that, that we've been discovering is is real. Yes. I mean, you, you I think we always at least tepidly wonder, mm -hmm. is this thing that seems right really okay? It seems like I like it too much for it to be okay. Exactly, yes. And so it was a nice affirmation for us too. All of us have a lot to unpack when it comes to desire and mm -hmm. being able to just fully, like a toddler with his hands in the sandbox, yep. fully embrace it. Even though there's cat poop in the sandbox, don't play with it, son. It's not Play-Doh. Yep. It's icky. It's icky. All right. Well, anything else? I think that's it. Very good. Have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. Wikipedia's list of conspiracy theories makes no mention of the U.S. government's assassinations. Being absent from the list is more or less proof that it really happened.
Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>